Hello, thank you everybody for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Ari, for helping me massage everything and picking up the food. And thank you to my good friend Eli Khan, who is our PR guy. And today he brought along his friend, who's here not for the first time. Uh, but whenever you come, we're happy to see you, Yossi. And uh, Mayor, who uh, is very busy now in the store, but he also made sure to come, and, and everybody else, David, Molly, Chaim, of course, and Shlomo, thank you so much for coming. And it's a Gewaldi Gechizek, and I was thinking, we know, in baseball, there's a phrase, it ain't over till it's over. So you could have a team that's losing badly all the way till the ninth inning, then comes the bottom of the ninth, and boom, somebody hits a grand slam, and there's a walk of home run, a come from behind walk of home run. It ain't over till it's over. And that's the truth of the year as well. You know, a person can go through the whole year, not necessarily spending his Thursday nights in a good way, but if you come the last Thursday night of the year and show that you want to give chizuk, you want to maybe receive chizuk, so that shows that yeah, you want to you want to be misakin' all those Thursday nights that perhaps were not utilized in the proper way. And the Svarim all tell us the same thing. The Taka this week, the last week of the year, misakin' every single day, the corresponding day throughout the entire year. Certainly, coming here definitely represents a beautiful way to spend the last Thursday night of the year. It's a shame this should be a schus for everybody. You can bench with a wonderful year for you and for your mishpachas. We're just a few days. Right. We're just a few days before Rosh Hashanah, and we all know the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu, Imru Lefanei Malchias, says the Rebbeinu Shalolam. Say Malchias for me. Why? Kedeshet Hamlichuni Aleichem, that you should coronate yourself, myself on on you. Zechreinos, say Zechreinos, Kedesh Yale, Zechreinchem, Lefanei Latoiva, that your memory should come in front of me for the good. Ubameh Bashoifer through the Shoifer. And Rosh Hashanah were mamelch the Rebbeinu Shalolam Anos. And that's the theme of the davening. We have the bracha of Amalek HaKodesh in which we say, V'simleich, Ata Hashem levadecha, Al kol maasecha. We say, Meloich al kulaylam kulay bechvaydecha. Rebbeinu shalaylam. We want you to be the ruler. We want you to be the king over the entire world. And even though we know that the Rebbeinu shalaylam is the king, but the whole world doesn't know it yet. And we say, Rebbeinu shalaylam, please, reveal yourself so that every single, every single human, Every single creature will know and understand and realize that it's just you and nobody else. And we have to understand a very basic question. If this is the theme of Rosh Hashanah, how does this tie in to Rosh Hashanah being the Yayim Adin, which we all know it is? This is also Gemara, Mishnah Rosh Hashanah, that there's four judgment days throughout the year, and the judgment day for people is Al Echad Betishrei. Kolboi Oilam says the Mishnah, even the fun of Kivnei Morin. Every single person goes and passes through the Rebbeinu Shaloylam like a shepherd counting his sheep, one by one by one. We mentioned this by Yonasana Toikif. It's mentioned briefly throughout the davening. Every single, every single uh, human, every single creature is decide him on this day if he's going to live live Khalilo or not so what's going on here is this a day of coronation or is this a day of judgment if it is a day of judgment it seems to be missing from the davening 
Speaking about the Malchus of the Rebbeinah Shalom, but what about us? We want a good year. There's not much about that in the davening. Why? This is our judgment day. The next year is going to be, be, be determined by what, by what, by the judgment of this day. Shouldn't we be begging the Rebbeinah Shalom for a good year, for Parnassah, for Nachas, and for everything that we need? And finally, what is the mitzvah of the Shoifer? The big mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah. How does this tie in to either one of these things? Whether it's whether it's the Yemadin, how does the Shaifa come into all of this? We mentioned last year the Sefer Sifse Chaim, Reb Chaim Friedlander, who was a very Chashub al Musar, who lived in Bnei Brak. He quotes the Pasuk in Parshas Vayeshev. We all know this Pasuk, the famous story of Yosef at Tzadik being thrown into the pit, into jail. And he becomes friends with everybody, including two of Pari's servants who are thrown into jail. The Saramashkim and the Saraifim. Saramashkim, he's jailed because Paro found a fly in his cup of wine. The Saraifim, he's jailed because Paro found a pebble in his bread. Yosef uh, gets up one morning and he sees that they're both in a very bad mood and he asks them, What's bothering you? So they tell them. They tell him they had dreams. The Saramashkim had his dream. There were three clusters of grapes. And he's squeezing the grapes into wine, and he's serving it to Paro. The Saraifim had the dream of three baskets full of bread, and the birds are eating from the top basket. And of course, as we all know, Yosef interprets it. Saramashkim, he says, that means that in three days, Paro is going to put you back in your position. And to the Saraifim, he says, in three days, you're going to be hanged. Which is exactly what happens, says the Pasuk. This is Paro. It's his birthday. Three days later, the, the birthday of Paro, Nosas Reish Saramashkim, Vesreish Saraifim, Besoychavodov. So he counts the Saramashkim and he counts the Saraifim. And he makes the decision uh, based on the same as Yosef interpreted it. The Saramashkim gets back his position. The Saraifim is hanging on the tree. What exactly is going on here? I mean, this is your birthday party. Is this a way to celebrate a birthday? Says. Chaim Friedlander, the, the, the Sefer Sifse Chaim, a king, everything that happens in his life is done in a way that is not just a personal decision, but it's a decision and how it reflects on the entire kingdom. So if the king is celebrating his birthday and he's making a party, this is not just the party that we, you and I make with our family and friends. No, no. This is a day of reckoning for the entire kingdom. The king takes stock. Where is my king in standing? My goals. My goals for my nation. How is it working out? How did this past year work out? Every single person, every single individual, especially those who are in his inner, cha- in his inner circle, in the court, are they carrying out their mission as it relates to my kingdom? Or are they not? This is the day that he makes the decision, the day of his birthday. Because the day of his birthday is really the birthday for the entire kingdom. And we saw this concept now. In recent weeks, the Queen of England was nifter, uh, died, excuse me. And uh, what was said about her after she died was that how was she so successful and so beloved, really, by the entire world? She had very, very few, very few detractors, people who didn't like her. Everybody loved her because she did not live a life for herself. She gave a speech 
four years before she was anointed as the queen, on her 21st birthday. 21st birthday, and she said like this, I declare before you that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. She says this to anybody in the royal kingdom, in the British Empire at the time. Every single person, I'm telling you, my life is going to be devoted to you. That's the definition of malchus. Not living for yourself, but living for everybody else. And because she lived her life like that, so people, people sensed that this is a person who's above her own personal interests, and Mimela, they respected her and they loved her. So Mimela, we know, Malchusa de Arak e Malchusa de Rekia. Whatever happens down here really reflects what's happening in Shemaim. But Rabbi Nishalayim also has a birthday. What, what does that mean? Rabbi was never born. But the Rabbi Nishalayim had a plan. I mean, you know, he had his malachim, he had Shemaim, he had everything. He wanted a world with people in it for one purpose, that this world should be a place where the, the, the malchus, the covet of the Rabbi Nishalayim is going to be revealed. The Pasuk tells us, Kol anikra bishmi lechvaydi berosif. The Rabbi Nishalayim created the world for this purpose. That there should be humans, you know, with their limited capacity, on the one hand, on the other hand, with your great ability to think and to make decisions and to do things, they're going to be the ones who are going to be mamlech the Rebbeinu Shalom. They're going to spread His glory. For so the Rebbeinu Shalom is covered and as a way to be native to us, to the, to the humans, to the Neshamas, that they should be able to come down and work hard and through that merit, the Rebbeinu Shalom says, I'm creating this world. The Marbe, the Kavit Shemayim. And on Rosh Hashanah was the day that man was created. So in other words, the birthday of the world, for all purposes, is now. And since the purpose of the world is for the Malchus of the Rebbeinu Shalom, then it's on this day, the birthday of the world, that the Rebbeinu Shalom takes his, his, his accounting as well. Just like Pari does his accounting of where things are standing, Rabbi Shalom says, I'm doing the same thing. Where's the world standing? And every person, where is he standing? And how does he relate to my grand plan? That this will be a world of Kovit Shemayim. And the Rabbi Shalom, though, in this world, he said, I want one nation to be the ones who are going to be in charge of this mission. Of course, every single human being has a tafkid. You could be Chinese, you could be Indian, whatever it is. You have a tafkid. But there's only one nation that their tafkid is exclusive to be the ones to spread the word of the Rebbeinah Shalolam, to spread the light of the Rebbeinah Shalolam. And that's us, Am Yisrael. He chose us by Matam Taira. What does it say over there? Vatem tiyuli mamleches koyanim. You're going to be my kingdom. You're going to be my people, my nation. And we accepted it. Every single one of us accepted it. And so Mimeila, just like Pari, takes stock on his birthday, the Rebbeinah Shalolam also takes stock on the birthday of the world. And so say Chazal, how are we going to be Zaycha Badin? The Rebbeinu Shalom is looking at us to determine, you know, are we doing our job, our mission? And it's not an easy one. We're going to declare to the Rebbeinu Shalom that yes, we want to be your subjects, we want to be your servants, and we accept upon ourselves your Malucha. And that's what Malchus is all about. When we accept the Rebbeinu Shalom's kingship, we're declaring the yes. And even if this past year wasn't the greatest year, but the next year I want to be 
a good subject with the hope that the Rebbein Shalom is going to look at us and appreciate it and say, you know what, okay. So this person, he's, uh, he's on his mission. He could be my servant for the next year. He's going to have a good year. And this brings us to the mitzvah of Shaifer. What does the Torah say? Mitzvah of Shaifer is called Zichroin Tura, a remembrance of the blast of the Shaifer. What does that mean, Zichroin Tura? What are we trying to remember? Which Shaifer are we trying to remember? There was another Shaifer. We mentioned Mamed Harsinai. says the Pasuk over there. It was a kol shoifer chazok me'oit. We accepted upon ourselves to be the Rebbeinah Shalom's nation. At that time, we heard the shoifer sound blowing very strongly. No, we saw it. We saw the koilas as well. We saw it too. Very good. So we're trying to reenact that event. That great event, the greatest event in the history of the, of the world. 600,000 people. Men including, plus women, children, heard the Rebbeinah Shalaylam reveal himself to us, they saw everything, and we declared all together, Nasev we committed to fulfill it. And we once again on Rosh Hashanah hear the shayfar to remind ourselves of that shayfar, and of our commitment at the time. And we try to renew that commitment. And through that, we hope, there will be Zaycha So, how does this tie practical into our daily life? You know, of course, it's like we said, you know, we try to be Malach Shalalam, but in a certain way, the days that we live in now, this declaration of Malachi is, is more important than ever. But Jonathan Rietti, the famous speaker, spoke here in Flatbush in the summer, a brilliant, brilliant speech, which was titled Amalek's Last Stand. And he says, We know that who's Hashem's eternal enemy? Amalek. Amalek declared war on Hashem himself. And Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim and the whole, was, the whole world was trembling from us. They saw the Yad Hashem, they saw the protection. Asher Badera comes along Amalek and he, as Chazal described, they cooled off the bath. Now what was Amalek's intention? Obviously they knew they're not going to win. But they, didn't, they weren't concerned about winning. Their main concern was with starting up, making noise. Because when you make noise then eventually something happens as a result. And that was their goal. And the Rebbeinah Shalom declared an eternal war on Amalek. Melchama l'Hashem ba'Amalek. It's an eternal battle. One that lasts till this very day. Because what does Amalek symbolize? Asher Korcha like we said, the Pesach says, Amalek's goal is to say there's no such thing as Ashkocha, there's really no such thing as a Rebbeinah Shalom. Everything is happenstance and chance. We came here by chance, and we live by chance. Exactly. Like Chaim said, the Big Bang, the theory of evolution, and he mentions this uh, by reading his speech, he says evolution really is two words. Evil, evolution. It's an evil look. Because the goal of the evolutionists and their descendants till this very day is very, very simple. If you say that man was created by God, then there's a purpose and there's a meaning, and that means that a person has to live in a certain, in a certain way. You can't do whatever you want. But if you say man came from a microbe, so what the heck? I can do whatever I want. Exactly. There's, there's absolutely no ramifications. And it's now in this day and age that this battle is becoming stronger and stronger because Amalek, as we see it, is raging. I saw a study in Fox News. Very frightening. The Christian religion here in America is in such a decline 
that they predict that within a few decades, the Christians won't be the majority here in America anymore. Now, you think about it, this is, this is a country that was founded as a Christian country. Judeo-Christian, based on Judeo-Christian's beliefs, but every single one of the founding fathers, none of them were Yidden, they were, they were Christians. Right? One nation under God. Exactly. And yet, right, and yet, atheism is on the rise to such an extent that Christianity is in a massive decline. Right now, the percentage based on their studies and Pew Research is 63% of the country are practicing Christians. So you imagine, this country that not too long ago was 90% Christians is down all the way to 63%. It's not that they're converting to Yiddishkeit. No, no. They're becoming atheists or agnostics. They don't believe. And this, in Europe, this has been happening already for decades. I saw there was an article in the Times about this phenomenon in Europe, and they showed a picture of a former church that's still intact. It's being used today as a gym for kids to skateboard. People are no longer interested in religion. They're no longer interested in God. They're no longer interested in going to church. And this is what Amalek wants, to destroy morals, to make everything permitted, promiscuity. That's his goal. Why not? That's something that I want to do. It's fun. Let me do it. And we see that he's succeeding. We see that he's succeeding. We see this. We see what's happening in the liberal enclaves, places that we live in. What's happening? Promiscuity. And in a certain way, society is breaking down in a way that I don't think we've seen in our lifetime. There was a story last week. There's a fellow, a crazed fellow, walks into a McDonald's. And he gets into some verbal uh, argument with some people, strangers. He takes out an axe and he starts banging on the tables and smashing and breaking. Police come and arrest him. The next day, he's out of jail. What's going on? What's happening over here? It's a breakdown of the norms of society, which is exactly what Amalek wants. He doesn't want any more. He doesn't want any norms. He wants, let me do what I want because why not? I come from a microbe. I can do what I want. And... The agents of Amalek, the media, the politicians on the left, they're carrying out the mission, and they're pushing it. There's a phenomenon, you know, we're sitting in a shul, but there's something today which also is causing destruction to society, and unfortunately, our own community is not immune from it. It's called pornography. This is something that destroys marriages, it destroys family life, it destroys a person's productivity. And they're promoting it. They're promoting it. They're pushing it. Children in school, in grade school, are being taught about the realities of life. Kids as young as first, second grade, they're being taught these kind of things. And they're being told, in the public schools, choose your gender. The fact that you were born a boy does not mean that this is who you really are. And you have the ability to choose. And they're trying to bring us hidden down as well. And to a certain degree, they have been successful to uh, pulling us down. Baruch Hashem, though, you know, it's important to, to, to mention that we have, Baruch Hashem, through the guidance of there are systems in place of Khalil, a person is nikshal in these type of areas of promiscuity, pornography. There are systems in place where a person can be helped. There's a wonderful organization called TAG, uh, which, which has filters that, that work for every single person based on his needs. You don't have to lose your ability to surf the web, but it is a good control that a person shouldn't find himself in a place where he doesn't want to be. And Khalil, if someone is even further than that, you know, there's something called Guard Your Eyes, which works with people who reached a, a, a position, a, a state where Khalilah, they, they became addicts. So there too, there's ways, there's Yat Deshmaya, and through working the 12 steps, a person can overcome, and many people, Baruch Hashem, are doing it. Baruch Hashem, we, we, we're, we're holding strong as much as we can. 
But we have to remember that the outside world is trying their hardest to pull us down and to pull the entire world down. We see this last week with the court decision, the New York State education decision. Again, they're trying to infiltrate our classrooms. And this is a battle for the survival of the world. So Rosh Hashanah, when Rosh Hashanah comes around, we have to make that decision. <laughs> we're in the camp of the Rebbeinu Shalom. We're in the good camp, and we're not going to give up. We're not going to let Amalek destroy us. I did not come from a microbe. I came from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And I'm here in the world to proclaim to everyone, the Rebbeinu Shalom is in charge. And we say, Kaddish Baruch Hu, this year, I'm going to do everything I could, to the best of my abilities, to live a life that embodies this ideal, that you're in charge. That you're in charge. That's what the Rebbeinu Shalom wants. That's what brings him Nachas Ruach. And the storm tell us, Ein melech beloyam. The Rebbeinu Shalom's Malchus is really dependent on us. On us declaring our allegiance to him. Otherwise, it's just him. He's a Malch. He's in Shemayim. It doesn't mean anything. Unless there are people who are willing to accept the Dom themselves. And that's our job. That's our job. But it's very important, you know, very famous, Rabbi Shol Salanter says, a person says Shema. And he's Mamlech, the Rebbeinu Shalom, and the Arba Ruches, and on the Shiva Rakim. The entire universe, he forgets one small thing. To be Malach the Rabbanish on himself. It's very easy to be Malach the Rabbanish on everybody else. We cannot forget, though, that it has practical meanings for us in our life as well. Another famous Mushal is a communist, a party member, who wants to be promoted. No, he's a low level member, a low ranking person, and he wants to go up to the next level in the party. So they call him down to the Communist Party offices for an interview to see if he's eligible. No, there's no elections, there's nothing like that. It's all how the party powers are to determine if you're eligible or not. And so they ask him, if you were given a fleet of ships, what would you do with it? He says, of course, I would give it all to the party. Good answer. What about if you were given vast amounts of real estate? What would you do with it? Give it all to the party. You would get a billion rubles. What would you do with it? Every last one to the party. What if you had a chicken, a chicken coop with five chickens? What would you do with that? He said, if I had a chicken coop, I would keep it. So we say that. You're willing to give away a fleet of ships, real estate, money to the party, but five chickens, you're not? He says, yes. He says, because the real estate and the fleets of ships and the money I know I'm never going to have. So I have no problem giving it to the party. But the five chickens I have. So I'm not giving that away. <laughs> We have to remember that when we're Malach, the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, it has to be over the, the, you know, that small thing that we have, which is you know, the small decisions that we make in our everyday life, the small things, the small choices that we make. It's about what we have. Rebbeinu Shalaylam, you know, we want to live a better life, better Yidin, more committed. And that's what brings the Rebbeinu Shalaylam the most nachas. And that's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. And as we say, as Chazal say, Kol Yisrael b'nei malachim heim. You know, every single one of us is a prince. Is a prince. You know, we... We've been seeing over the last few years, you know, there are members who are born into the royal family, but they, they really, they don't belong there. They, they, they can't have it for whatever reason. They're influenced from the people they marry, or it's not in their DNA. They're born into royalty, but they're not capable of living as royals. But each and every one of us is. Each and every single one of us is capable of living as royal. And that's what we have to remind ourselves in Rosh Hashanah. I want to do for you. I want to be Marek Vayichemayim. And that's our job. Together, we're going to stand up against the Amalek, the Amaleks of the world. And we're going to declare to the entire world, 
Hashem Alekei Yisrael Melech Umalchusei Bakol Mashal I just want to conclude the beautiful story we said this over before let's get out to repeat it Israel Tauber Zetzal founded a base in Muncie called Beis Yisrael and uh, part of what they do as a base is do Geras there's a young woman who is in the process of converting and she's gone through the entire process of studying of Bechinas of everything and she's mamish holding by the Tevilah She's about to go into the mikvah, and the dayanim are there, standing. Of course, before before they, before she goes into the mikvah, and they say for the last time, you know, we want to tell you one more thing. You know, before you go in, because once you dip in the water, that's it. You're a Jew. You're a Jew for life. There's no turning back. You have the you have the ability not to change your mind. Nothing's going to happen. No one's going to be angry at you. No one's going to hold it against you. Perfectly fine. You go and live a life as a good guy. Hashem won't, buy, won't, Hashem won't care, and nobody's going to care. So she says, no, I want to be a Yid. So they say, you know, in your position as a Giyoris, you're going to have a hard time getting married. You know, it's not easy for a Giyoris to find a Shidduch. It's not easy for anybody to find a Shidduch these days. Certainly not for a Giyoris. I don't care. They go on and on, trying to persuade her. Finally, she bursts into tears, and she says, what do you want from me? You're telling me all these things. I'm not going to fit into the community. I'm going to have a hard time getting married. But none of this matters to me. I want to be the Rebbeinah Shalom's daughter. And that's all I care about. Of course, she converted her Geras. That's what we have to remember on Rosh Hashanah. We want to be the Rebbeinah Shalom's children. We want to be the ones. And he's going to be proud of us. Taket Ebesh bench all of us. And that's Chus. With the wonderful year. Ksivach Simatayva. Shnaz Gula V'Yeshua for us. From Mishpachas. From Gans Kal Yisrael.